Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Today is day number two as I'm defining the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Began yesterday and I began talking about yesterday what the anointing is not. Today we're going to be getting into what the anointing is and the power of it and how you can have it operate in your ministry. No matter if you stand behind a pulpit or not, it's for every Christian to operate in. I'm excited. Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began yesterday a two-day teaching on defining the anointing and what it is and talking about also what it is not. We began yesterday, got through a number of points but the thing of it is, is I just wanted to know, I want you to know that there is more than just the presence of the Holy Spirit living in you. There's the presence of the Holy Spirit upon you. When people were filled in the Bible with the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. Acts chapter two came upon them. Acts chapter 19, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And in the house of Cornelius, he fell on them. I mean, that was, must have been dramatic. And this was in the house of uh, Romans, Gentiles, as they received the word of God, were saved. And the next thing that happened to them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And literally, they said, those that came from Jerusalem and uh, from Joppa with Peter said, this is the same thing that happened to us. Listen, we hear them speaking with tongues just like we did on the day of Pentecost. And their eyes were open to something they had heard Jesus say, but really refused to even listen to what he had to say. And that was, this is for you, your children, our children's children, and also for the Gentiles. On the day of Pentecost, it was mainly Jews that were filled with the Holy Spirit and came down from the upper room and those that were in the streets were devout Jews out of every nation under heaven. They were the ones that were filled with the Holy Spirit on that day. But from that time on, Gentiles were also filled with the Holy Spirit day after day. And this was one of the final stamps of approval in the house of Cornelius when Romans were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so again, we started this yesterday talking about what the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God is not. We covered a number of points, but in the meantime, I just wanna to say to you they are watching today for the first time, thank you for being with us. I appreciate you watching. I know you're gonna like it. A lot of people that listen to this broadcast do like it. Some like it more than others. And so I'm sure you've still got your favorites out there that you like. I just wanna end up being one of your favorites. That'd be great for me to know. I have a uh, quick little note here. This is from Tim and Teresa. And so they say, God uses you to answer a lot of questions, the questions that we have not even asked aloud. And so we absolutely love how you teach and share the many things about the word of God. We appreciate it so much. Well, Tim, Teresa, thank you so much for saying that and for uh, just being great people to watch the broadcast and again, and be a blessing to me. Many of these that I talk about are partners with me. And if you'd like to become a partner with me, that's more than just watching the program occasionally or even watching it continually. It's more than that. You now say, you know what? I like how it's been brought to me. And you stop to realize something. Somebody paid to help bring that to me. I want to join them and I want to begin to pay and give into this ministry so that others can see it too, because the more people that cooperate and open up their wallets as well as their hearts to me and give toward the ministry, begin to see this thing expand even more. And this is the only thing you can give to in life, the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teaching of the word of God, whether it's in a church or whether it's in ministries outside the church and missions or whatever that lasts for eternity. And you will have eternal rewards for what you put in. Even if all you can afford is that widow's might 
God simply says it's going to count in heaven and many will be saved. And in fact, those that are saved can go out and get others saved, get others saved. There's that multiplication effect of discipleship comes as you give in the things of God. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, you've been watching long enough that you say, you know what? It started in the heart. My heart connected with Bob. And now I want my wallet and my finances and my prayer life to be partly given to Bob's ministry. And so if so, go to my website, bobyandian.com. Be glad to hear from you and join me as a partner. I would certainly appreciate it. We took up four of eight points yesterday of what the anointing is not. Number one, the anointing is not a substitute for preparation. And some uh, preachers believe that. I just rely on Psalm 81, open your mouth and God will fill it. Well, he's simply telling you that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does happen if you absolutely have, you know, no preparation because there was emergencies that came up. I've had it happen before and the anointing just showed up and gave me a sermon. Hallelujah for it. But that doesn't happen every day. We cannot substitute the anointing instead of preparation, putting the word together. Point number two was this. The anointing is not a shortcut to success. People often think if I just have the anointing, I will reach, uh, you know, notoriety among everybody else. That's self-centeredness. You use it to minister the word of God to people effectively, whether you ever get known or not. Number three is the anointing is not a stamp of approval. God doesn't just put the anointing upon you as a stamp of approval that I like your ministry. No, it comes from anyone who will open up their heart and whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, a home cell group or whatever it may be, you can depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and it will come. If you're a minister, trust in the Holy Spirit that he will be there to lead you, guide you and direct you and give you things maybe you haven't even studied before and it will come to you and fit right into that sermon. Number four is the anointing is not synonymous with a specific style. And there's different expressions of God's Holy Spirit. Again, I love verse by verse teaching. Others prefer inspirational teaching where the things inspire you out of the word of God. Some like it to where prophecy enters into the word of God, the teaching and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. With music, some like it soft, quiet. Others like it loud. But we all have personal preferences, but it's important not to be closed-minded that ours is the best. And God only works through my style of ministry when God uses all types of ministry methods to reach certain people. And that's why the book of Acts is filled with all different types from pastors to evangelists to apostles. And again, God used them some, and Paul pointed out to the, to the saints at Ephesus, some say I'm a Paul, some say I'm a Peter, some say I'm of Apollos, all different styles of ministry. And God was simply saying through Paul, we all work together as one team. Let's take up number five today. Number five is this, the anointing does not make you superior to other people. Gordon Lindsay said at the uh, close of the charismatic movement a number of years ago, some spiritual moves have been blessed by God then faded away because of the erratic and arrogant conduct of its leaders. One such move occurred some years ago in America. We were joyful about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but we soon saw changes that alarmed us. Some of the leaders claimed that they were the powerhouse and all other churches were dried up. People were to come to them for recharging. Someone said arrogance is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. And I have been around that type of arrogance. 
In fact, there was somebody who came to Tulsa one time and started a church and his whole purpose in starting the church was to show the other churches how they were wrong. He came to show us how to start a revival. And the moment that happened, some lady was gonna leave our church, go over there, told me about it, said, I'm gonna go there because I wanna find out how to start a revival. And I said, listen to me, arrogance always comes through in the end. Here's what you're gonna find. I begin to lay out some things for you. You'll see this happen, this happen. And pretty soon what they're gonna say is we don't need other churches. We stand by ourselves. And I said, that is the first indication. They're headed downhill. Within three weeks, she was back saying, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's exactly what they said. And I remembered what you said, so I'm back. You know what? That church lasted about a year and fell apart. In other words, we don't come, listen, if you do have something that God's told you, something that other churches haven't discovered or something, just keep it to yourself and put it out there and watch it work if, it, if it's from God. But very rarely does God have anything to give you, he hasn't given to anybody else, but perhaps he has given you something for that city, a little insight to be used, but that doesn't make you superior to anyone. Jesus Christ is the one superior and even he came and operated as a servant in this earth. The anointing is not given to create a celebrity, but to empower a minister to meet people's needs. If God anoints you to flow and minister in the gifts of healings, it's because he wants to heal sick people, not to make the person who does it notable. Point number two, if God wants you to teach, it's because he wants people to have knowledge of himself. This is what teaching is about, not to make the teacher look good. If God anoints you as an evangelist, it's because he wants lost people to hear and be saved and not because he wants you to look great. In other words, God could get a donkey to do it. He did in the Old Testament. God could get anybody to do it. He's just looking for an open heart. That's what he's looking for, not for somebody trying to build a ministry. I like what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse seven says, the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Let me tell you what my translation of that is. The manifestations of the spirit are given to each one to profit everybody else. It's not given to you to profit you, to make you look good. I've been in meetings before where a guy hands out his card and his card says on there, worker of miracles. Well, big deal. All right. Jesus was a worker of miracles. The disciples were workers of miracles. We can all be workers of miracles. It's part of the Great Commission. So you're just a part of everybody else and quit coming on like you are something special. And if you have me at your church, you're going to see mighty manifestations. The point of it is I wouldn't have you come because of your arrogance. That's the main reason. Think about this. In this, in this room right now, in this, in this studio, I have lights above me. I have TV monitors in front of me. That's all coming in here because of wires. Wires connect the power company on one end of town with this building on the other. The wires coming out of the, the power company are huge, big wires. They carry a lot of power. As they go around town, they go to smaller wires that go into individual buildings and things like that. And so the power comes here. And so the power comes and I pay the power company to get it to me, but I'm sitting here and I'm now enjoying this as I have all around me and what brought it here was wires. You know what you are in the kingdom of God? You are just a wire. All right, you might be coated in white, you might be coated in black, you might be coated in red or yellow. I don't know what nationality you are. That's what your skin is. But on the inside of you, you're just a wire. That's all you are. You connect God who has all the power with the person on the other end that has the need and the power flows through you. Wires get no gratitude. We don't praise wires. We stick them in the wall to hide them. We put them under the floor to hide them. We put them in the ceiling to hide them. That's what we do with wires because why? They are an ugly necessity. Pardon me, but that's 
that's what you are as a minister. You are an ugly necessity. God needs you because he needs a wire to flow it from heaven's God power into the person who has the need. And when it's all over, like the Lone Ranger, you're going to riding away and people say, who was that masked man? We don't know who he was. The best thing that can happen is you leave the building after the meeting is over. They don't remember your name, but they remember the name of Jesus how important it is to remember that. So just remember this next time you start to think, flow in the gifts of the Spirit and think you're something special. Let those words come back to you. I'm just an ugly necessity. I am here because God needs me to let the power flow from him. I connect God on one hand and people on the other hand, and the power flows through me. Just be happy you were there to be used by the Holy Spirit and to be used by his power. Point number six is this. The anointing is not synonymous with a strong personality. You don't have to have an outgoing, yelling personality, entertainer, political type. No, all you need to do is have an open heart before him. And some of the greatest power I've ever seen has come from the super humble people. I mean, ministers that walk out there and almost apologetic for the fact that God called them. I've seen this happen with women also, as others have come and through the years come, and we have them in the word of God. The ones that God loves to use are those who come with an openness before God, a servant's heart and a servant's attitude. In the world, there's entertainers, political leaders, ministers who have strong and captivating personalities, even described as charismatic. But even if they weren't believers, they're still called charismatic because they just have that type of personality. God could care less about your personality. He just wants you to have an open heart before him. And that way, when God uses you, all the glory goes back to him. We'll be back right after the break and continue on with this particular point. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Andian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain his ministry, and how the world was changed when he came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. We are defining the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've come through five points. We left at the end of the first half and we're talking about the anointing is not synonymous with a strong personality. Just because some ministers come across with strong personalities, we think that's what we would need to do. And we end up imitating the person instead of imitating the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think Jesus Christ had a strong, dominating, overwhelming personality. He was seen as humble. When he came in, he didn't try to push himself, present himself. And so again, he didn't come into this world like some ministers do as entertainers, political leaders, uh, strong, captivating personalities described as charismatic. No, there could even be demonic influence over a person to exert control and influence over large groups of people. Hitler, rock stars, entertainers have commented that don't know Jesus, there's just something that comes over me and I'm no longer myself. Well, this is demonic. And so again, God's not looking for demonic people to to minister. He's looking for people, especially he's looking for people that are humble. Come with one desire. I just wanna bless people and help people. If they remember me, fine. If they don't remember me, fine. Once I'm gone, the greatest thing is they won't compliment me they'll compliment Jesus. They won't thank me. They'll thank Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, for again, what has happened to them. Ministers who have strong personalities should use caution not to confuse their own personality with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is not given to us to enable us to dominate or dictate, but to lead others into the word of God and into the presence of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul referred to that authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 10. This is what the anointing is for. It's given to me to edify people, to present the Holy Spirit, to present the word of God and to be a blessing to people and not to destroy. And some people come in with that anointing and say, the Holy Spirit's upon me. We're going to destroy Satan, destroy demons today. Well, you're going to stop them, but you're certainly not going to destroy them. Only Jesus will do that one day. In the meantime, I have been sent to stop the works of the devil. But while I'm stopping the works of the devil, the good thing is I'm bringing in the power of God. That's what I want. I want by the end of the service, not for you to remember the destruction of Satan. I want you to remember the healing of bodies and that now the person who was crippled can now walk and the person who had a disease is now healed. We could go down the list of the great things that happened under Jesus' ministry, happened under Paul's ministry, Peter's ministry, John's ministry, those in the book of Acts. And remember, the book of Acts has never ended. It's still around for today. The book of Acts is still being written today by the Lord. Let's take number seven. The anointing is not to be measured by the external response of people. Jesus said in John chapter seven and verse 24, do not judge by appearance, but by righteous judgment. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse seven, Paul said, do you see things by the outward appearance? We shouldn't. And so again, we should not look at the external response of people. It's wrong to evaluate the anointing and the level of the anointing by whether people shout amen or they're quiet. 
because we think the more amen that's shouting, the better it is. I like amens. I like responses from people. But there's also been times too, I have taught a sermon greatly anointed. I knew it was anointed and there was a hush over the congregation. Why? This is not one of those shouting, screaming, amen sermons. It's one of those, oh me, because the Holy Spirit is getting inside and rooting out the problems of our life rather than just showing his greatness and his power to heal and all the things we like to see. There's other ministries of the Holy Spirit Spirit, including showing what needs to be changed in our life. A quiet person might be quietly listening while a more vocal person could be responding because they feel that's what they're supposed to do. I've been in meetings like that. There's been people shouting amen. I think, well, maybe I should shout amen too. I wasn't that involved in the sermon, not that it wasn't good. It just wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I even looked at my wife and said, why is everybody shouting? She said, I don't know, but I feel like, well, maybe I should shout too. So again, not all shouting is enthusiastic. Not all shouting is meant. It's just something we do because other people are doing it too. The only time people usually say amen is when you've said something that they already know and they agree with. Lots of amens come from a congregation because the first thing they think is, I agree with that, amen. But when it comes across as something that wants to change their life and it's not what they're doing, but they know it's correct because it's coming from the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit backs it, there not might be a lot of amens. As Kenneth Hagin used to say, instead of saying amen, say, oh me. And we have to do that. Others think if people fall in a prayer line, it means there's a strong anointing. I came from that background. I mean, we had prayer lines and I mean, I have walked up. And, in fact, there's one prayer line I'll never forget. Had an evangelist come to our church, very humble, very much wanting people saved and ministered to. And he had a prayer line in there. And when I walked up the front, my legs almost went out from him. I mean, I had to grab hold of a chair next to me because I found I was just coming up to help. He asked me to come up and pray with people with him. And I couldn't make it up there. I was just staggering all over the place. He looked at me and just smiled and laughed because I could hardly stand up. And he too said, I'm having trouble standing up. The power of God was that strong. That doesn't happen in every single meeting. But once it happens, some people think we have to make it happen. So they begin to fake it. And that is not what the anointing is. If it's there, it's there. If it's not there, it's not there. The point of it is, it's not the falling down that gets you healed. It's simple faith in what God has said and trust his word and accept the healing. As many as received him, he saves. But Jesus also talked about the blind receive their sight. So healing is simply received like salvation is received. It's a simple act of faith. So again, falling in prayer lines has led some ministries to even push people in the prayer line over onto the floor. It's faith, not falling, that brings healing and blessing. Some people tell that they faked a fall in a prayer line because they knew the minister wouldn't move on until they fell. And so they did it just to get rid of him because he was going to stand there until they did it. And so they did it because of him, not because of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe one of the first questions you have, yeah, but is falling even scriptural? The answer is yes. There's a case in the Old Testament and the New Testament. When the uh, temple under Solomon was dedicated, they had the they had the trumpeters, they had the orchestra, they had all the priests there and they ministered to the Lord and the Bible talked about they began to sing into the Lord about his anointing, began to sing into him about his power, his goodness, his love. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell and the Bible said the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. The cloud was that anointing visible, tangible presence of the Holy Spirit that appeared there and they could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud and they all fell over. 
when Jesus was about to be arrested, he was in the garden of, of Gethsemane and the, uh, and the rulers came to get him. And so did the, uh, military that came to get him. And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus. And whenever he stood there in front of them and all of the military was standing there to arrest him. I mean, all those guys came for one guy, Jesus. And Jesus was standing there and they said, we're looking for him. And Jesus said, and in your King James, it says, I am he. If you look real close at that, the word he is in italics. All he said was, I am. He used the name of God. We're looking for him. I am. And the moment he said that, the Bible said they all fell over on the ground. The power of God was present by the words that Jesus spoke. That still is around today. We hear about it in different revivals that the power of God is present and people fall down. And so again, uh, the New Testament brings that out and the anointing of God again is there. Let's take number eight. The anointing is not exclusively belong to the five ministry offices. That anointing can be in any person in the body of Christ occupying whatever office, position, or just ministry that they're operating in. Some think the anointing is only given to pulpit ministers, not with those who occupy the offices of helps and givers and mercy or exhorters. That's Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight. This is not the view of New Testament authors. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22 says this, He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 1 John 2, 7, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. This is speaking to every Christian. And then whatever we fulfill in the body of Christ, it's used at that time. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. It doesn't say here not to have somebody teach you, but you're not in absolute need of that because when they teach us the spirit of God that reveals it to you, that's the anointing inside of us. The function of a minister who stands behind the pulpit is important, but so is the priesthood of every believer. The same anointing empowers us and enlightens the prophet. It's the same anointing that empowers and enlightens a deacon, an elder, a church class teacher. What is the anointing? We've talked about what it's not. What is it? Martin Lloyd-Jones said, John's word unction and anointing are just a very graphic way of describing the influence and the effect of the Holy Spirit upon the believer. Notice that word unction. I like others who have used it. Unction from the pulpit produces responses in the people. Unction simply means I can study it, I can do all I want to, but that cherry that's put on top of it, which is the unction and the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is what causes it to come to life. It's no longer just Bob's sermon, it's Jesus' sermon. It's no longer just Bob's power, it's the Holy Spirit's power. I'm there operating under that power and it's not me that saves them, it's not me that heals them, it's that anointing through me. That's why it's called unction. Unction is another word for that inspiration, that push inside of us, that pushes us to get the ministry out, get the word out, get the presence of God out, and to take up strongly the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and to bring out strongly the power of the Holy Spirit for healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. Sometimes I just need that push inside of me. I'm beginning to fear. Well, what if it doesn't happen? And the unction of the Holy Spirit says, trust me. 
and I'll do it. And that power of the Holy Spirit shows up and I realize something. Bob was just a vessel used by God to bring it to the people. I'm just the wire. The power that flows through me is the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just a wire standing there connected to God on one end. God simply said, when are you gonna connect the other hand to the people? Okay, okay. What if the power isn't there? It's there, just do it. And I reach out and that unction is there to do it. And the power of God begins to flow. Just being obedient is so great. Jesus was anointed. Luke chapter four and verse 18. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. And he said personally of himself, I of myself can do nothing. It's the father who dwells in me that does the work. John chapter five and verse 30 and John chapter 14 and verse 10. Paul also understood the anointing and said he conducted his work in the ministry by striving with all the superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. Colossians chapter one and verse 29. And there I quote, the amplified version. This again comes back to it. What is the anointing? It's God's presence in a meeting that makes it so powerful that what's being preached can actually be demonstrated right there in a meeting. That's what you should be desiring, not to make you look good, but to, on the other hand, make God look real good because he is. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.